So coming to terms with the fact that I'm probably never going to own a home, it's it's so it's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's um, it is what it is. <laughs> but I have two two uh, home related, vaguely related topics here. So there's there's two things. So I, this this started. This was a kernel that sprung or that popped out of a of an Instagram ad that I got served, and it feels like well, actually several things here. I feel like Facebook. Maybe maybe Facebook is is kind of over as a as a growth story because their ad targeting is getting so much worse because this week I got served an ad for Disneyland. Mm. And if they know anything wasted that impression. is that is ad dollars that is yeah. ad, those are ad dollars that are not well spent. Mm-hmm. But I got so there's two things here. Let me find the link. Or actually no, this is something I'm going to have to DM to you that you will then um put on Imgur or something. But this is an ad that I got that I don't ever think I put in Slack uh from the Home Depot. Okay. So what, what, what's, what am I looking at here? Uh, well, I mean, the first thing that catches your eye is it, um, this stackable washer and dryer thing, which I think is, well, sure. is the fancy... Um, I, I'm, I'm building up to the thing that I think you actually want to get to. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, the, the, I'm the, sure they sure have Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm sure they have Wi-Fi. And I think this is the fancy LG thing that's actually like one unit. Um, I can't imagine like, what the benefit of that is. Yeah, I, just I, like I stacks. either. I think it means that it's a bit more compact, but in terms of like servicing these units and potentially replacing them down the road, that seems all bad. But um, anyway, that, that's that's not your point here. No, they um, they somehow made they they made washers and dryers like an iMac, and that's not helpful. Yeah, uh, the um, the iFixit teardown would give a very low repairability <laughs> score. <laughs> um, um, no, I think the thing that you're pulling this up for is uh, just to the uh, left of the washer uh-huh. dryer unit mm-hmm. there is what appears to be a dog washing station so this is evidently the world's nicest mudroom that you're seeing well hold up put a pin in that or hold on, or let's 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 stop here for clarification i was always one i hate the term mudroom or that just feels like so, uh, it feels so very much like a upper middle class. Like it, it feels like a, a term that only a certain type of home would use. But I always thought a mudroom was the thing in between the front door where all the shoes go and where your actual like home living starts. So it's not necessarily like the foyer or the uh, like entryway, but it was it was it's a place where like yeah that's where all the coats and the shoes go. Where this looks like just like a laundry room. This looks like a very like this is a house where square footage is not at a premium, and this is a laundry room that also happens to have like they did a co-branded thing with like pet food express and now they have like a dog washing station inside your laundry room well but the reason i refer to it as a mudroom is that i don't think i've ever seen or heard of a dog washing station being in a laundry room i've only ever heard of that being outside or in a garage or in a mudroom well then let's 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 learn together what let's ask google what is a mudroom a mudroom is a dedicated space in your home, locally, usually located near or at the rear or front entrance, where you can remove muddy boot. Yeah. So wait, why would that coincide with a laundry room? Like the laundry room, where are like it, like the laundry room in your house. Well, actually, do you you don't have a laundry not, room, not, right? Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, have a, you have a laundry closet, right? Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, the laundry room was always just kind of like a weird, kind of like it. It's, it was like a, it's like a kind of like a re repurposed bathroom where it's got ventilation and it's got the the 
like water hookups and stuff. But it, but it was not like a destination space in a house. And I think most California houses, the laundry room is actually generally is is frequently the garage. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I did. I, this does not strike me as a mudroom. This strike struck me as a very very fancy uh, laundry room in a place where in, in, in a red state where houses are still affordable, where you can do a teardown and get yourself $3,000, very poorly, uh, re- um, repairable LG appliances that you build custom cabinetry around. So you can mm. ne- never <laughs> replace the, cause that there's no way that's a standard size. I wouldn't um, think so. No. Yeah. Anyway. So that, but, but I guess the reason I bring this up is one, I, pr- I like, again, th- I, I, I'd use incognitos windows for things, but I do feel like the ad targeting should be better with I know I this is this is completely lost on me where the yeah, just uh poor poor targeting all around um uh meta networks incorporated. But um it has never it has never crossed my uh, come across my desk or, or or come on my radar that anybody would ever I, I this is literally the first time I'd ever seen a dog shower. Like I I don't watch HGTV, and this is not a thing that's ever come up on Succession. Like I mean, I, this is I've never seen a dog shower in a home. Maybe I live a sheltered life, but is it was this something that was on your radar? It is because of HGTV. I've seen it a handful of times there, and when I first saw it years ago, I totally poo pooed the idea as being super silly and unnecessary. Oh no! Like if you have the space and money, that seems fucking brilliant. It, but I it, just, I just never, it never occurred to me. It, it, it does, yeah. And, and as someone who just gave their uh, dog a bath at home two weekends ago and had to do so um, in my shower, <laughs> I can tell you how great it would have been to have a more dedicated and proper space for that. Oh, he's too big for the sink. <laughs> <laughs> he's also too big for my shower, but that's. <laughs> A different topic oh man um could you could you not just uh find a way to like hook up one of those like garden hose attachments and get himself like is there a jumbo size thing of like the cookie monster like uh toddler pool like i'm i assume we, there's some way to do this outdoors so so we normally well so <clears throat> let, let, let's just go down this tangent so some sometimes we just there's nothing else the show is exactly um Sometimes we do just pay to have it done because it's a classic example of something that I can just throw money at and it's done and they they do a much better job than I can. It saves me the time and hassle. It, it's very, very expensive, which is why it, it never it never feels super great to do it. But um, it is nice to have a, you know, a nice clean dog that, you know, somebody else made clean for you. Um, but when we do it at home, it is often... Um, in in we have like a little side yard area and in fact we do have a little kiddie pool um that we that we put them in and then there's a hose hookup right there and that that works reasonably well except for the part which i think we were talking about before we started recording where it's i don't think ever going to stop raining here so um that currently hasn't been um an option so that that was why we had to bathe him um inside well, isn't that the uh, uh, we speak from Southern California? Isn't the Los Angeles thing that um, whenever it rains, that's nature's car wash? Isn't isn't that? Can you just <laughs> just say like, hey, uh, buddy, just go stand outside for like thirty seconds and then do a shake? Does could, that not also work? We could try, but he's really 
Well, okay. So this is another little tangent. So my, my dog, Branson, which of course, you know, we, we, we love dearly. He has friend a very a friend of the show, big, big friend of the show. Um, a sometimes uninvited guest on the show. Um, always he, invited. <laughs> he has a very irrational relationship with rain where he refuses to just go out into the backyard when it's raining. So if we try to, you know, send him out to, you know, go to the bathroom in the morning or whatever, he just, if it's raining, he just won't go. And he, he won't, you know, go potty, which is what we refer to it with him. Um, unless I actually take him for a walk around the block when it's raining. Um, during which time he gets way, way more wet and is in the rain for much longer than if he would have just gone in, in the backyard. So there, there's been a, there's been a couple of occasions recently where, you know, in order for him to, you know, go to the bathroom before bed, I'm out there, you know, in the dark, in the, in the pouring rain, walking him around the block. Well, yeah, because he knows that you're you're on board too. Like he'll he's cool with the rain if he knows that you're gonna get drenched. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe there's more of a rational thought to it than I was giving him credit for. Dogs are smart. Yeah, he he is pretty smart. That's true. So yeah. So anyway, I I did not. I had never. It never occurred to me that it was possible to make a dog washing station in your own home. And this has, of course. Very HGTV. This is this this has a um, like what was this? Is this the is this like called brushed nickel? I think kind of uh, fixtures. Um, it's it it has one of those little bars to hold, to hold yourself up on, like as though like well anyway, but it's it it's it's, and then the the piece de resistance at the top are actually two of them. One there's a outline silhouette of uh, a miniature dachshund, and also. This was like very much a JoJo idea. There's a like a eight inch by eight inch um, clear acrylic bowl just with like tennis balls. Like this is this feels so profoundly staged. And every part of this, like th- this whole image, just it it raised ten thousand questions before it even got off the ground. Yeah, this entire time we've been talking, I've been staring at that bin of tennis balls, wondering <laughs> what the practical use of that would be because well, it's. It's it's why JoJo frames empty space, right? Because and also on the on to the right of it, there's because like this kind of looks like it also might be a kitchen, but it has to be a a, a laundry room. But there's also a clear jar of because uh, I have these like the little like linen dryer balls, and like so it's it's just yeah it's jarred balls all around. What 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 is a linen dryer ball? Wait, are you serious? I am serious. Yeah. Do you, do you don't use anything? What, what when you when you're drying your clothes? What do you put in the dryer other than the, with the wet clothes? Uh, a, like a dryer sheet. Is this the same thing, but in sphere form? No. See, so do you, what what brand or what? Yeah, what brand dryer sheets do you use? Uh, was it like Downy? Oh, you're not a bounce man. I uh, maybe I am. I don't, it's whatever comes in the the the, the orange box. Yeah, yeah, the good one. It, it bounces to tide it as bounce? to okay. what, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, but um, no. What w- the thing is, if you use these little, they also make there's there's these cuter ones, but I actually found that they're worse. There used to be something called dryer hedgehogs, but no, there's a, like the little linen um or wool dryer balls. You throw them in there, and they help make it so that your um your laundry doesn't clump together, so that you don't you rarely will come to a dryer that has some stuff that's still a little bit damp. 
or where you maybe over dried some stuff because like things weren't really moving around enough. So actually, that is one. We'll pull forward a chef special from I guess fifteen years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, wool dryer balls are um, uh, a great use of nine dollars. And are yeah. they they're reusable? Oh yeah, I've had the same set for like yeah, like they're not like you still use dryer sheets. It's mostly just oh. like for, they're they're just bouncing around and making sure your your stuff moves. Okay. No, they're great. Yeah. Interesting. And and, and they're extremely low tech. Where I, I if you just type uh, wool dryer balls into Amazon, whatever the Amazon choice thing is, just just click buy. Like it, there there is no there's, there's, there's no Android there, or iPhone. There's no there's a matter compatible wool dryer balls. I should be looking at. I do think the well the ones in this picture because they're next to the, they're, these are probably LG ThinQ mm. uh, wool dryer balls <laughs> that will tell, that will send you a push alert when they do, when they have a new terms and conditions like every time I want to adjust the thermostat on my thing. Well, but then the the actual wool balls themselves would actually only send you whatever push notification they're designed to about seventy percent of the time that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. 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 Not that you... I'm not that I'm in, angry about my LG washer and dryer at all. You're a your dishwasher. You guys are a dry um, a dryer pod, um, uh, like a, a detergent pod family, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Okay. P- the people really, really actually. Sorry. And then for um, the washing machine, uh, also Tide pods, or do you actually use uh, like powder or like liquid soap? Uh, there we use liquid soap. Yeah, I'm. I'm. People seem to have very, very strong opinions against both of those. Not that they're like bad. Not that they're bad products, but just that they're terrible values, which they probably are. But like, because like they're no different. Like they don't, it doesn't clean any better. But for the convenience factor, like people are like, no, the dishwasher pods are like on the whole like six times more expensive than just buying the mm. detergent stuff. But it's it's so it's so simple. Why not? They're yeah, they're they're more convenient. Um, and I used to use the um the washer pods back when i'd have to you know take my clothes down like three flights of stairs because i also didn't mm-hmm. want to be hauling some big heavy you know thing of um soap too so if i could just, you couldn't you know, just leave that in the laundry room uh, or it'd become, it'd become community soap. it would become yeah it'd become you know taken by the community pretty quick so you just uh, throw very, one of those very, little pods on. <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah, for the portability, yeah, the Tide Pods are ideal. But yeah, interesting. Um, so sorry, the second prong of this, uh, we are on emoji one of six. Mm. Uh, there's something to talk about this week. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, shit. Did I? Cl- oh, no, I closed the wrong thing. Oh, dear. Um, hold on. No, I'll get this back up in the Slack real quick because this has to do with a fish. Okay. A fish. Uh, so a friend of the show, uh, he's, a, he's a baseball player. Mike Trout, is, he, is, is that a guy? Oh, is he a, he a friend of the show? great uh everybody is unless unless they're evil um they're, they're automatically in front of the show so um i forgot i sent this to you about three weeks oh, ago oh yeah and i and this came up when so so when i got the instagram ad of the of the concept i had never heard of which is a, a dog washing station in your own home uh it reminded me of this video that came up on the baseball subreddit uh one of the few good places on reddit so mike trout was doing i don't know what the video is about apparently there's a thing where you pretend that you your child in, like hit their head and that you i i don't know what's going on in the video itself but the, the that's that's beyond the point the thing is there's a video that's, uh, that i'm assuming mike trout's wife took of him uh with a son and they are in a walk-in pantry but not not like 
the pantry is the size of my apartment. Yeah. And I don't even know what to do with this information. Like, I mean, obviously, like, again, I, again, not to bring it back to HBO, uh, but, like, I watch Succession. I understand what people, what people who have money have, like, with that. But I, the concept of a walk-in pantry, like, I, I've watched a decent amount of Fixer Upper. I don't think this has ever come up. Um, but yeah, he's got like lucky charms in like, uh, like this is, this is a a sight to behold. Do you know, um, do you know how much Mike Trout's most recent contract with the angels was for? Uh, how many years was it for? 12. 380 million. 426.5 million. Holy shit. I was really close. Um, yeah, sounds right. So, so you're saying he has walk-in pantry money? I'm saying he has some... like convert an entire house into a pantry money. You're so you're saying this man doesn't have to worry about sheds? I, I I'm, he, you know what? He probably doesn't need <laughs> any sheds. He just if he needs more storage, he just buys another house. Oh, he so he he has uh like he can just like eminent domain on his on his neighbors and just be like, no, I, I want this. Pretty is, much, is, Mike, yeah. is Mike Trout one of those people that's like an objectively a good guy, though? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So he he. Okay. All right. So he would just he'd find a way to buy the neighborhood, but in a really nice way. Yeah. I don't. I've never heard anything negative about him off the field. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, except for this child abuse that's happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Um. I, I have to say, I don't. I don't really care for the the like the joke that's being played here. Well, because the not, kid's definitely crying. I know. That's not really. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't care for that yeah anyway that's i'm not gonna get super upset about it but it's uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't do something like that yeah um (laughs) and and i actually i didn't put two and two together but the second most upvoted comment on this reddit thread is uh forget the child is that his walk-in pantry (laughs) and like i I, because i didn't actually put two because i was like there's no way that's that what that's what that is i thought maybe that was like a kid's playroom or something like no like he like I have like thirty baking accessories stuffed in one in one cupboard, where he has, seems to have like at the very bottom there, like a, a something that is like the size of my kitchen that just holds like one Le Creuset Dutch oven. Like it's it's abs- absurdly upsetting. It's it's impeccably organized too. And well, they, he, like, look, at, look at the top. Use it. I, I, I'm sorry. It has has. I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but has he ever? I don't think he's. It, it turned on a, a stove i don't think he has i don't think he has room to be mad about the whole joe biden steal uh, taking your gas stoves because i don't think he would know how to turn on a stove because he's fucking he's he's a he just got paid 426 million dollars or whatever to to throw a ball around in orange county not to be reductive about orange county baseball but come on oh sorry los angeles baseball but of anaheim well, no, they they dropped. No, they, the they dropped that. That. <laughs> that was that was the thing. Like of like, hey, like singular is the new AT and T. Like, no, they they always do that for like eighteen months, and then they're like, no, it's just it is what it is. It's it's they're the LAA, uh, um, yeah, until until they go to Las Vegas. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, okay, so that's two of two. What was uh? Anyway, what else is there? Oh, and then there's one last thing because I'm I'm only doing this because we have no actual stuff to talk about this week. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and also, it's going to be a short show because I'm very tired. Um, I know you no longer live in San Francisco, but there is a there's this thing that's pretty frivolous on the Chronicles website. And I have no idea if this has anything actually to do with the city or if there's just somebody on the, on the news team that was bored. 
but they're running a poll as to what people think the official animal mascot of San Francisco should be. Hmm. And you can see what hasn't. So apparently a couple of rounds of voting have already ended. Um, so the Corgi and many other things did not advance. Hmm. Much, much to your dismay. Although kind of a, not, not my favorite rendition of a Corgi, if I'm being honest. A little bit. But I mean, do any of these uh, jump out at you as being uh, iconic for the city or not fitting in for the city? Like, do, are any of these out of left field for you? Oh, the, the white shark is cute. Although I don't know, maybe the, not the most exciting pick. Um, um, oh, the, the, oh, the, wait, the snake is a winner. Oh, I don't, I don't like that. What's, what's with the, what's with the, what's with the snake? Are there snakes in San Francisco? What did I miss? Um, I think there are. They might be on hiking trails. But no, but the the biggest things here for me. So one, so you have the, you have the coyotes of Bernal Heights and, and Golden Gate Park and stuff like that. But I always, and I think we may have talked about this recently. Have you ever been to Cal Academy? Or is that just something that's going to happen in your future as a parent, a parent of two, two young uh, kiddos? Um, wait, remind me. Where, where's, which one's Cal Academy? Uh, it's in Golden Gate Park, across from DeYoung. It's the one. Yeah, that, so, I've, I I I went there for one of they do like um they do like a nighttime event there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been. There's I've no been field trips and there's one mediocre for, alcohol and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been to one of those. But did you ever go stop by and meet Claude the albino alligator? No, but I'm bummed out I didn't. Now that I know he's oh, there. No. Oh no, he, he's still there. So again, so I assume you guys will be getting your $170 a year. It's very pricey to be a member there. Mm. Um, family membership. But yeah, no, uh, Claude's super cool. He doesn't move a lot, but he's, he's very fun. So I do think he kind of, I, I do hope that he wins the whole thing. My second choice is uh, the bison. Of yeah. The, Gate Park. the bison's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of this, I don't know, whatever I like, I guess I, the, my maybe very, 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 very distant third choice would be the seagulls of Pac Bell Park. But also, they're super mean. They're 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 profoundly aggressive, and the the garlic fries that they're trying to steal from you are not, actually not that good. So it's it's kind of yeah, they they can just have them. Well, I think the the seagull's out, right? He doesn't have a winner no, next no, he, to his name. No, no, he he got um yeah he he was definitely the um Amy Klobuchar of this of this. All right actual show do we have anything this week do you, did, did that, another really quick random tangent do you, sure. ever, do you ever think like whenever you hear a reference being made to the um the 2020 democratic primary like how long ago that feels because like remember that was like the last big thing that was like happening before you know covid and that, that like that literally may as well have happened like 12 years ago no, because actually that com- that that event comes up a lot for me, or just that that's that's a a, a frame of reference that I use to, to start discussions with lots of people. No, I know, me too. Like, and every time every time I mention it, I'm thinking like, God, it feels like it was forever ago. But it doesn't though. It was it was it was three years ago. But 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 it literally feels like it was a decade ago. Well, I'm gonna say it was the longest shortest time. I mean, it was it was like Bernie Sanders and Biden, like were you know the the last two candidates. And that literally feels like were they forever ago? Yeah, I don't think they were. 
Yeah, they were. The Remember, like, everybody, super... like, scrambled to endorse Biden so that um, that Bernie couldn't couldn't get it. Yeah, I don't know. And it was, it, and it got all weird because, like, obviously, like, basically, like, campaigning stopped and, like, Biden was in his basement, like, sending out videos. It's very, very strange. Well, he was in, he was in his basement. He was, he was in his basement with classified documents. <laughs> yeah, that's ne- right. Ne- next, next to it, like, they were just sitting out next to his car or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, these, <laughs> these, these hypocrite Dems. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, man. Pretty good. <sighs> I always do. I'm sorry. To, uh, we really don't want to start the show. Um, the other thing that always makes me laugh is I always forget that. So he's from. Also, do you ever do you ever notice that whenever you get like credit card offers or like just any any like junk mail always comes from Delaware because they have really lax finance laws. Anyway, I haven't. But I always, noticed that. Really, is that another you know, thing? It, that it, it, think, it, no, it, it always. Yeah, yeah, it always comes from Delaware. But also, <laughs> I always find it really funny that. Um, uh, there, there's a, there's like a chase center in Delaware, but it's like this like weird, like hockey rink or something. Like it, it's a very, 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 very minor thing. But, um, I remember when he had his like acceptance speech, it was, um, in Wilmington, Delaware and like the Chiron and MSNBC. So those like at the chase center, I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a different one. I don't, I don't, I don't so. see Miller and Lux where he's not, he's not at chase center. Did you guys end up going, or is that uh, we're going uh, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks? I went went to nice. the um, the other restaurant we were we were talking about. Which one was that? Uh, it was a bungalow kitchen in Tiburon. Oh, is that the the Mike the pricey Michael, Michael, Michael Mina, Mina thing in Tiburon? Very, very Tiburon, very pricey. Yes. Any good or can't? Oh, sorry, worth yeah, the, it was it was excellent. Yeah, it was really really good. Worth the money though. <sighs> um, for for a special occasion, yeah, but it for for what it is it's it's definitely pricey but but really i mean really great great space really unique space and a awesome location obviously fantastic service and the, the food was really good what about the um ambiance slash other clientele i because in tebron i assume it attracts a very specific type of audience it does I, i'd say it was a little um a little all over the place, I guess. Like we were in there, um, kind of the, the section that was like closest to the water, and that that section was was like pretty you know, like pretty quiet, like kind of mellow. But then like the middle section is where the bar was, and that was a, that had a little bit more of a kind of upbeat, kind of almost clubby kind of vibe, like with the music and stuff. Um, but it was definitely talkable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they had a. Um, kind of a funny menu where um like the 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 pricing was overall it was it was pretty pricey but there was a wide range of prices but sometimes even within like kind of the same dish so like one of the appetizers was um these like sweet potato pancakes which which we we didn't (laughs) we we didn't get those but um they you know they were i don't know 23 dollars let's say which is you know pricey for an appetizer but like not super crazy but in small font below them there was a um addition of caviar that you could do that was 195 dollars so mm-hmm. that and then that, i thought that was like a good example of like the the range of prices on the menu were um a little a little all over the place i mean honestly what what pairs better with bad potatoes than caviar <laughs> caviar is one of those things that would be completely lost on me because 
I don't really care for things that are too salty or too fishy. And I feel like that's all caviar so would be. So wait, is that another reason why we're friends? We both don't like oysters either. Oh, yeah. I, I gave oysters a really good, honest try um, a number of years ago. Like, I really did. Like, well, I tried cause we're, multiple we're of we're them like, even after, you, got, you, got a, you know. Like, you've been to Hog Island and Marshall Store. Like, we have good options, but just no. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I, I tried one really really didn't like it you know tried it tried a different one like i, I really gave it an honest try and no, they're they're bad uh barbecued or like baked oysters are okay but the the raw ones uh, ugh, no good well but you have to think about the uh, like similar to the dog washing thing you have to think about the opportunity cost you could be have any you could be having anything that actually tastes good right and save the money yeah um yeah all right good call um how did this come up michael mina but one step before that was what uh oh chase center in delaware chase center. okay yeah yeah but not not the chase center the other one uh yeah all right uh what do we have in follow-up sir i don't think we have anything do we what i miss oh do i don't know i, N- I haven't actually looked at the doc it's been n a okay all right well you're you're leading for the rest of this because i'm well, we've got um, we've got like the one the one big topic, so I guess we'll do that last, um, and we can breeze through the other three that I dropped here. Um, sure. New Spotify design. I'm I'm not a Spotify user, but I get the I get the sense that as a Spotify user yourself, you you have some thoughts here. No, because I mean it hasn't hit me yet. Oh. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't care. So well, actually, I have. So, but hmm. like, but their design was already bad. So does the fact that it's no, still they're, bad they're, is that is well, that news? No, their <laughs> their design was already great, and <laughs> Apple Music's design is it's not soulless. good either. But no, no, it's it's like it's like Apple Apple Music is a is a restaurant that is that's it's costly, but has no has no heart. Like mm. it, it, it's. I'm trying to think of what is what is a. What's a pricey restaurant in the Bay Area that's just not good? Uh, there's so many to choose from. Um, hmm. oh, well, well, we'll circle back. But they're like Apple Music has it, the reason why I choose Spotify over Apple Music because like it's it's all commoditized. Like it's all the same damn thing. It's it's ten or eleven dollars a month for access to between twenty and thirty million songs. Like and as long as it's got Taylor Swift, like who 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 cares? But like Spotify has fun in it like it's it's got lyrics and artist stories and like fun navigation and really really great recommendations like it it has it has it down and while i do dislike how hard they've been pushing all the podcasting crap which they will like they've scaled back and um uh, eliminated a lot of headcount related to that uh failed bet um so hopefully some of that stuff will eventually leave the app a bit but like it's it's a really fun app and it it, it it it's it's as a, if you just want to listen to music like it's very easy to accomplish what you want to get done where i do feel like the apple music app like because i am a subscriber to that too for various reasons um it it requires like it uh, too many taps to do anything and it's just not a very good app which is what makes the whole apple music classical thing also kind of a weird um thing which we might get to but probably not but yeah, but the home screen was always pretty good for discovery, but apparently they now want to like storify it up and make it sort of like an Instagram stories and TikTok clone. Um like I get it. 
they they've mentioned that it will be fairly easy to ignore if you want to. Like you can apparently like just scroll down a little bit and it'll be fine. But like the whole like where if you are you, are you at that Verge article? I am. Like when you open the app right now, like you do kind of get the same like good morning thing, and it just gives it gives you recommendations and suggestions. So it looks like this is just giving you those suggestions, but in just much more of a larger visual way, as opposed to just showing you like here are certain playlists and new albums and things we think you might like. So like it's the same information, but just gamified or made in more kind of like what might be more engaging and alluring to Gen Z types. So while my initial thought is probably five thumbs down, it, I mean, whatever. I, I, I does not going to make me go to Apple music. Like the only reason I have Apple music is for when uh, Spotify doesn't work on the Apple watch. And again, I always think that's probably not Spotify's fault. So and that, and it's, it's annoying that, that I have to keep that as a backup, but anyway, it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I assume that everything in consumer tech either needs to be like TikTok or somehow have a way to say it has AI in it. So that's, I'm, I'm at <laughs> peace with that. Maybe they'll find a way to incorporate chat GPT in, in Spotify. Who fucking knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, there. Oh, actually, can, uh, so real quick, so actually a way to transition into this part. Um, I, I opened the Spotify app, or sorry, what's what's the one that's not Spotify? Sonos, the Sonos app, uh, this week for like the first time since setting up the devices, and I'm wondering because you're you're always telling me that the Sonos app is very good. Yeah, maybe I should be using the Sonos app instead of AirPlaying. I don't know because like the integration, like I I lo- I had never done it before, but I logged into my Spotify and Pandora accounts in the Sonos app. And like, it seems like it could basically do everything that the Spotify app itself would do, except I no longer have to worry about AirPlay as a technology. So maybe I should try that. I don't know. I don't know why I never have. Yeah, it, it's one of the advantages. So when you kick off a streaming music session using the Sonos app, it the, the speaker itself is streaming the music. So it's not music that's being streamed to your phone and then being beamed over to the speaker like it is with AirPlay. It's just being played directly on the speaker itself. So yeah. that, that does generally lead to a, a bit more of a, a reliable experience. And, you, and you, you can still do all the same things that like you can do with AirPlay, where you can group multiple speakers together, you can independently control their volume, like all, all that same, same kind of stuff. Yeah, something I'm thinking I might play around with that more. But yeah, mm-hmm. apparently, apparently there are two new Sonos speakers. So I think we might have talked about this briefly when there was like some type of like product leak yeah. three weeks ago. But um, there are—is it just one or two there's, new speakers? There's two. Two. Does this link only have one? Uh, the engagement uh, one. There's, talks the, about there, both. there's the Era 100 and Era 300 speakers. And <clears throat> I don't know if this is a Sonos comparison that they're talking about, or is this an Engadget one? But were these like suggested as being like competitors to like HomePods in a stereo pair or did I, or am I conflating something else? I mean, I'm sure that in various reviews and write-ups, people have been comparing these to HomePods. Sure. Okay. But, but Sonos themselves are not inviting that thing. I don't, I don't really think so. No. So the Aero 100 looks very much like a, like a Sonos One and a Sonos Move had a baby, right? Like it's it, it yeah, it's basically a Sonos One that got much 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 more um, 
cylindrical, I guess. Right. And then the arrows look kind of cool. I don't know. I can't tell. But yeah, it looks kind of neat. The, the, the 100 or the 300 you're talking about? The 300. The 300, um, yeah, it's got kind of a unique shape. Um, it looks absolutely enormous in in photos but i guess people who have seen them in person actually say that's a little misleading and that it's actually they're not too big well and this this one where they're serving as like rear channel audio speakers that looks that that looks awkward yeah um it was yeah let's let's jump right to that so um both of these speakers can be used as rear speakers if you want to do a surround sound setup um and I think I think that works with either the the beam um, or the arc. Within the arc is what what I have a surround sound set up with. But this photo that's in the Engadget article that'll be in the notes uh, demonstrates the um, the three hundred as being the surround sound speakers, and um, these things are four hundred and fifty dollars a piece. So um, I think I remarked this to you offline online. You know. Spending nine hundred dollars on two rear speakers is is quite quite the flex. Oh man, how much do you think that couch costs? This is a, a very impeccably designed room. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it sounds great, but um, yeah, it just just seems like an awful lot and a lot of technology for two rear speakers. But anyway. Um, yeah, I mean these are these are both kind of interesting. Um I mean we've talked on the show before about how I don't really find single speaker devices that market themselves as being like spatial audio compatible all that particularly interesting. Like I I really think you need kind of a multi-speaker setup for that to even, you know, start to start to make sense. And, you know, spatial audio is one of those things that it's, it's, it's such a mixed bag in terms of the, the content that supports it. Like some, some mixes sound really good. Some sound objectively worse than if you just listen in stereo. So, you know, I mean, cool that they added the feature, I guess, but it, it's, they, it's, they've kind of framed it as being like kind of a premier feature of these devices. And eh, I don't know, that's, to me, that's not a super big selling point yeah i'm not entirely sure what these are supposed to be taking over because i know there's a a thing called the sonos play 5 was there a sonos 3 no i don't think so and i i don't think either of these devices is replacing anything in the lineup like i think sonos is still selling the sonos one and then i think they're still selling I guess it'd be like almost like the Play Five, right? That the Era Three Hundred would be sort of similar to. Hmm. And also, I think the name is probably like there's an eighty percent chance they chose it because of Taylor Swift's upcoming tour. I'm not. I'm not even joking. Mm. Like, yeah, the name. The name. I'm not sure that really. That's a great name, but. Um. <sighs> Although these, you know, these are going to end a little bit of a run that I had where, gosh, with, well, at least with the, the move and, uh, the roam. And then I think the arc was like the speaker that came out kind of before those, like I, I've bought all of those. So I was on a little bit of a run with buying everything that Sonos came out with, but, um, that, that 
streak's going to be broken here. Because I don't, yeah, don't, I don't, don't have any place for these. Yeah. I talked myself out of buying a Rome, and I, I feel like that was probably for the best. No, I, I, really, really, sure that, I really like mine. I don't really know where it would, where it would fit, that the move wouldn't, or I wouldn't just use headphones. That, that lives, for me, that lives on the, my bedside table. So it's the, it's the voice assistant for our bedroom. And occasionally use it for music in there. And then it's also kind of just like the um, poolside speaker, which the, I can bring the move out there too. And I, I do that sometimes as well. Um, or if I'm feeling really fancy, I'll actually bring both out and kind of put them on opposite sides of the, the backyard. And that's kind of nice. Uh, the definition of fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not, not dog washing station fancy, but kind of a tier below that. I actually feel like that's probably one of the product uses that they show on the website. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think oh, you know, the all, only thing I have in here is the, the big, uh, the big topic. Oh, actually, no, there, I, did, I did put one other one in here. Yeah, I guess, I guess we can spend a minute on this. So more, um, more kind of star Wars movie drama. Um, so there, there's been like a handful of different movies that have been um, in in production or in pre-production, um, including movies from Kevin Feige, who's the the kind of the head of Marvel, um, and then Patty Jenkins, who did um, the uh, Wonder Woman Wonder Woman movie that everybody really liked. Um, and both of those movies now have apparently been shelved, and. I don't know. The, the reason this caught my attention and the reason why I felt like I needed to spend a minute on it here is because I, I just continue to be sort of shocked at how poorly managed Star Wars, at least the movies, have seemed to be since Disney acquired Lucasfilm. Like, I think it's, it's been 10 years ago now, a little over 10 years ago. Um, Like, when you actually, like, step through and, like, look at all the movies, like... The first one, The Force Awakens, that 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 seemed to actually come out relatively drama free and was pretty well received. Um, but then, like um, Rogue One, which was the first spinoff, that movie apparently had like a ton of drama with like a bunch of reshoots and actually ended up being oh, they actually ended up being really good, but not without a fair bit of drama. And then. You had um, The Last Jedi, where that director, Ryan Johnson, he was then supposed to do like a trilogy of his own. But then after some of the mixed reviews of The Last Jedi, that seems like it's no longer now going to to happen. And now he's off, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff. And then you had the, the Han Solo movie, where they literally replaced the um directors partway through um and then the with the next you know main trilogy movie the rise of skywalker same thing there change in directors although at least that happened before they started shooting the movie but still um and then now ever since the rise of skywalker there's just been no movies at all and there actually aren't any movies even in production right now so it's just it's just it's surprising what a big mess it's been and it's also really kind of 
surprising that the success they've had with Star Wars has actually been on like TV. It's been through Disney Plus with TV shows, you know, which you know there really weren't any wildly successful Star Wars shows before. Um, I mean, people like the Clone War show, but um, yeah, just it's, it's really surprising how big of a mess that's all been. And you know, as a Star Wars fan, I would really you know like to um see that straightened out uh, is it, isn't that for the as an outsider with 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 no skin in the game isn't that probably for the best like wasn't wasn't the initial fear like three years ago that disney and and also the, i mean well I, I i say this knowing that disney is going to do this no matter what but whether it be tv or movies but like that disney was going to release a movie every year and run the franchise into the ground because that was kind of the pace that they were setting there was a new star wars every 12 to 18 months so the the, the i actually had no for like prior knowledge of this so you saying that they have no star wars films in the hopper whatsoever is actually very surprising well so, I, mean, he, I mean yeah and, and i'm you know i'm all for them slowing the pace of things down, but for for there to be no clear path ahead, and for the path behind being as messy as it is, just it just it just seems like it's you know it it's one of Disney's most valuable properties, and for it to just kind of be as as disorganized as it seems like it's been is is just it's just surprising. Yeah. And it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, but if but I, I guess if it means different stories are going to be told, I mean, it uh, are are there glaring? Again, you would know. I I wouldn't. Are there glaring bits of the Star Wars universe that need um, like tying up, or is like is there is there a movie that needs to be made? Because like, well, because my my understanding is that you had the the prequel, you had the the four through six, and then you had the prequels one through three and then they did a whole new thing where they jumped forward like a thousand years with episode seven and the whole the ray stuff because like is there a story that's obvious to be told or do there not really need to be movies right now if they have a baby yoda and that's their cash cow and Iger is dead set on just milking disney plus for as much as they possibly can and turning that into a 17 dollar a month service um, I mean, I, I guess I would point to something like Rogue One, which was a was a you know a standalone story, and it, you know it it certainly tied into the main kind of you know storyline that the you know main nine movies did, but but only in a very tangential way. And that that was that was awesome. That was really good. And so I think more more movies and more stories like that would be would be great and that's that's also you know it's what's also what's pretty effective about the mandalorian too where you know it it does tie into and connect to kind of that main skywalker story sort of but like that's not really the that's not really the main thing in it so i i think there's a lot more they could do kind of in that style where you've got something that you know maybe tangentially connects to the main stuff but is otherwise kind of a a standalone thing but i guess the challenge question i would have for you is as a fan do you really really like are are you left wanting or is it do you just feel like as a a business opportunity it's a missed opportunity like do you have loose ends that you care about and you want to know a story about 
I guess maybe I'm getting a little more meta about this. Like I, I, I want to feel like Star Wars is in good hands. Like I want to feel like there's, no. I want to feel like there's a, you know, I want to feel like there's like a ten year plan. And the other, because the other ironic thing about all of this is this is the same parent company that that manages Marvel, which you know, I mean, obviously Marvel is not without its critiques, and you're you're hearing a little bit more of that with some of the more recent movies. But the one thing that is pretty hard to criticize them about is their lack of vision and their lack of planning. I mean, they are... Isn't a vision a character in Marvel? (laughs) I think so, yeah. I mean, Disney is maniacal about the way that they plan and map out the whole Marvel thing. I mean, for God's sake, they have like different phases and they, they organize the, both the movies and the shows into different phases. And like each phase kind of has like its own main story, story arc, which then kind of transitions into the next one. And like there's all kinds of crazy crossover. And I mean, as we talked about last week, that's not without its downsides too, but, but it clearly is really well organized, really well run and really just well thought out. And I, I, I want to feel like Star Wars is in that same spot, and I, and I, but I think it's very clearly not. But do the Marvel fans like that? They do, yeah, they do. And I think you know, I think there's there's some like, there's some concern about some of that stuff being a little bit stale, and there, and there's some concern about what we talked about last week around just kind of fatigue of having to feel like you've got to keep up with a million things to follow the main storylines. Like I'm not saying that like. Star Wars should just copy what Marvel's doing. Like that, that's not, that's not what I want at all. But or, I just want to I mean, feel I mean, like there's more of a grand plan as to what Disney wants to do with Star Wars. And I don't, I, I think, I don't think right now there is. Well, but the plan is to blame everything on Bob Chapek. Like, I mean, that, that was the <laughs> thing, which is that like they, they were just going to keep doing stuff that they thought made money forever, and that was pretty much it. And that, in for a while, that looked like annual Star Wars releases. Right, like, I guess my question for you, and and this uh, take the money part aside, um, are you like a have you ever like do you, do you watch British television, or are you aware of British TV? I have watched the Great British Baking Show. And that's my one and only point of reference. I suspect like is he, not not what you're going for here. Uh, I am not talking about British Guy Fieri. Um, I have you ever you you never watched Fleabag? You've never watched Sherlock? No, no. Well, you uh, should watch well, Fleabag. Well, Maybe Sherlock, is that the one with um, Benedict Cumberbatch? You betcha. I saw some of that, yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, the British, post-Brexit, we, we, we all got problems. But, like, they they know how to not run a thing into the ground. Like, it's kind of like with British TV, like, uh, like I, I, even if you don't watch a lot of stuff, like, you probably have noticed that, like, they don't experience the the friends or the Walking Dead problem where they'll just keep churning out a show because it's making money. Like eventually they'll 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 stop. Like it doesn't something that was a two to three season story doesn't go on for nine seasons. Like they they can put an end to it and they start they they address new ideas. And that is the part where again, I literally have only ever seen 75% of episode four. I, I have no allegiance to, to Star Wars. That's probably why I don't like shrinking. It, I feel like as a fan, like some people would probably like, I feel like sometimes the choice would be like being okay with having like with less being more. 
Because eventually, like, you're going to run out of story to tell, or I feel like sometimes, like, somebody might wake up and think that, oh, I guess that didn't actually add anything. Like, I don't know, like, the whole, hmm. I don't know, I, I, I have no frame of reference here, but, like, hmm, sometimes it just might might be enough. Like, I guess, like, we, we, do you ever have a point internally where you think you, like, that's enough Star Wars for me? No, because it's something that's been important that, to, your, not, to your life for like I, three decades. I guess that's not really the direction I'm trying to take this, though. Like, it's not about there's I'm not saying I just want more Star Wars movies for the sake of there being more Star Wars movies. And, I, and I'm not even saying that the fact that there hasn't been one for over three years now is necessarily a bad no, no, thing. I get your point is that you worry that they're not being good corporate stewards of the franchise and that they're not being like thoughtful about what it could be or what it is or the creative the creative drivers of the of the franchise no that that i I totally get that i guess my point is like just like realistically as a fan like taking the business exercise out of it like is there ever a point where you'd have too much star wars or you feel like that's enough for you yeah i mean potentially but i i don't think we're anywhere close to that really Huh. I mean, I even you, I, you I did, actually you did or you did I, or did not like the Boba Fett show. Uh, the the Boba Fett show was was well, <laughs> the Boba Fett show was really complicated because it became it became a season of the Mandalorian halfway through. At which point it be, it was really good, but the the part before that happened was not not very interesting, and it was unnecessary. Well, it it was necessary in the sense <laughs> that it kind of f- helped fix some of the weird kind of production delay stuff that they had to deal with the Mandalorian. Because that was, that was like a weird situation where like they had shot like both for the first two seasons of the Mandalorian, like before COVID, but then, you know, had a bunch of trouble, you know, getting scheduling and everything lined up for season three. And so then they did this other thing and kind of snuck so some Mandalorian it, stuff it, in it, there. It existed to ungum up the works on a different project. Pretty, that's, that's, pretty much. Whoever the lead characters are on that show must be very proud. Um, but I, but I yeah. think, I, but I think actually, though, I mean, you're kind of inadvertently getting into something that I think is is the direction that they need to take Star Wars, which is that the stuff that has only been kind of tangent, tangentially related to the to the, kind of the, the main Skywalker story has been the best stuff they've done. And the stuff that they've just tried to kind of pull directly from that has has been the least successful. So like the Han Solo movie, the Boba Fett show, like the stuff that's like more more media about like main characters from the main movies, like that stuff's not been all that interesting and not very well received. But the stuff that has introduced, you know, new original characters like going back to like rogue one as as a good example like fantastic movie that stands on its own and is so good that it's now you know spun off um into a tv series on disney plus which you know lots of folks have now argued is is the best star wars show which i think is a you know pretty pretty valid argument and you know that's that's a show that's about a character that is you know brand new and again like kind of fits into like the main story but like not really um so like that they, that's what they should do more of is more original new ideas and but it, those it, could it, also just not be star wars related 
Well, I mean, you're going to be a Star Wars hater, so sure. They, they no, could no, not do a that. hater, and, but I'm and, just... Well, and, and, I mean, and, and Disney's acknowledged that. Like, Iger's been pretty vocal since he's come back that one of the things that Disney Plus needs to do is have, you know, adult... you know, Not adult content, but you know what I mean? Like, more mature content that's not... um, That's not just, like, a Marvel show or a Star Wars show. Yeah, thank God. Like, because... I mean, I have a Disney Plus subscription, but it's not one that I pay for. Like, it, it's like I would, I, I do not use Disney Plus ever, other than to occasionally watch like a Pixar movie. Yeah, I mean, like, you're, it, like, it, it you is, are, you are literally, you are literally like the furthest thing from from their current uh, demographic, from what their current set of me, you know stuff is targeting. Yeah, it, it's either people with kids or people who really love right fantasy stuff, or di- or I, Disney I, in I, general, which is which is not you. Well, I mean, well, I mean, well, no, I, I, I watch Steamboat Mickey every. every I can't well, you, you, you did get targeted with a Disneyland ad, so maybe, maybe you, maybe you're a bigger Disney fan than than you thought you were. No, I think it was, I think it was because I was hate, uh, hate. I was looking up how much it cost to visit Disneyland, um, for a park hopper pass for like a single day, and it's over two hundred dollars now. So I, I think they think I, they, they, it's, I think they think pricey. I wanted to go, and yeah. I would like to clearly. I, I don't know what where I have to send a certified letter to, but I do not ever want to visit one of your parks. And so just <laughs> sa- sa- save your money. I really, really I don't, don't want it. Don't want it. Okay. Uh, do is some media stuff. All right. This, you'll, you'll be the, the Julia Alexander of the show for the rest of the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. With our, uh, sports corner as the, as they call it on downstream. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's been just a, a, ton of different story interesting stories and a lot of interesting developments on the really like most notably the um local sports rights front which is maybe not at first like the the the, the like the most sexy you know sports sports media story but in a lot of ways is is kind of the the really important one like especially for Major League Baseball, where so much of their revenue comes from local TV rights. I mean, the, the national TV rights are also you know quite lucrative, but but a lot of money, especially for smaller market teams, which are which are not you know nationally televised as much. Um, you know these or don't you know don't have as much national recognition. Like these local sports rights are really really important to their bottom line and you know ultimately kind of lead to them being kind of a functional economic you know entity and allow them to be a part of the league and the you know the league needs a certain number of teams spread across all different kinds of regions in order to be successful and you know they're um you you always have to remind me of of the 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 bankruptcy quote what is it like it it happens slowly and then all at once or something like that. Or how do you, how do you go bankrupt uh, slowly then all at once? Yes. Yeah. Like it feels like that's kind of what's happened with local sports rights where, I mean, like this show is, I feel like old enough now where like in, in the early days, I'm sure we had conversations around like, you know, the, the changing landscape around <laughs> TV and like, you know, cord cutting and all that. But like, it felt like, yeah, something that's going to like happen, but like, it's, it's often in, in the future somewhere. And it kind of feels like old enough. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, I mean, because well, that, that's been our hobby horse forever, which is that that cord cutting, like, what is this actually good? Like, because one, I, we, mostly I, had a lot of denialism about, is, is cord cutting actually happening? And then I kind of, like, eventually it proved that, yes, it was. But the whole, but the one thing that we've been ideologi- ideologically consistent about the entire time is that uh, cord cutting is not actually going to manifest itself in the way that everybody wants it to be. It's not going to be that it's a, it's a buffet at the, the Hilton where you just, pick and choose what you want like it's it's not that everything's going to somehow be cheaper because i that i can choose that i don't want hgtv and bravo and whatever like it's no that the the once once you know like and this is the part that do you have the thing is this the link that you're on now is that the athletic one yeah yeah there's a good quote in here where it was like somebody had a it's like because they had a 5x um economics uh yeah i I think i think i got it you you, You got got it yeah yeah. so it's it's the one where so yeah so uh i forget who was who was who is mark gannis i don't know so somebody so quote let's say you have four dollars a month that a cable consumer pays for an rsn regional sports network explained sports consultant mark gannis uh every subscriber pays for it if only 20 percent buy so therefore a new standalone option just to get to the same amount of subscription you have to pay a multiple of five times for those that want it that's just mathematics one actually i'm not sure that's the case because since you now have longer you now have a smaller possible adjustable market and number of people willing to pay you can't charge as much but the the point still stands that since you have a, a smaller number of people will like that that the cost is being spread upon it's it's like health insurance like sports as health insurance yeah like you 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 have your people in the paying pool so therefore the people that actually want it have to pay more i do dispute the part that it's a linear well 20 percent of the audience five times the price no you just have to charge less for it but that kind of upends Everything, which is how much sports teams expect to be able to bring in from TV licensing revenue, which was just kind of one of those uh, what's what's the fucking Silicon Valley term up and to the right. Like it's it's one of those things where for a decade, <laughs> actually seems like that's the trend with everything. For a decade, everything was just up and to the right because of cheap money, and now that's maybe not the case, and people are maybe looking much more closely at what they're actually paying for, and that's not going to be what it is. And now that like a, like AT and T. Um, or uh, sorry, uh, Warner having purchased all the stuff from AT and T once they bailed on their streaming bet, now thinks that oh yeah, uh, sports rights fuck that like that's not that's not worth our money. So therefore, the Penguins, the Astros, and all these people like just no longer are going to have RSNs to choose from. Like all of this like is getting reevaluated, and who's actually going to pay for this? And ultimately, the consumers in for a rude awakening when they realize that oh, accessing what we actually want because ultimately the uh, the broadcasters are going to have to go direct to consumers if they don't have RSNs to filter that content through. And then the actual people who want to get that content are not going to be willing to pay that price. And you're going to have this weird interregnum where people are trying to find out what is that balance and that equilibrium between the price that people are willing to pay and what it actually costs. And it's just, it's, it's going to be an absolute mess. Yeah, it really is the, the um, kind of like sub headline um, on this athletic article is viewers should ultimately have more choices but with them likely come higher costs which mm-hmm. you know i kind of quip to you in slack is is basically this the slogan of cord cutting like yeah you know yeah. you're going to have lots of different choices about content that you can access you're probably going to have the ability to watch content that maybe you wouldn't have been able to access under a traditional cable bundle bundle but you're you know going to end up probably paying more than you did before mm-hmm um, which, you know, that, that's what's, that's, what's sort of interesting about cord cutting. Like if you're, if your premise or if your goal is to access exactly the content that you want, 
and you know maybe you don't mind paying a bit more to be able to do so yeah i think cord cutting is going to be awesome for you but if your objective with cord cutting was to save money and to, to spend less and you know just access the content that you wanted without having to pay for any of the stuff that you didn't like that it's just never never going to happen that's not what the model is correct um but Although so and, for... and, go ahead Oh, no, I was going to move it to a different subject. So if you have one more thing, go for it. Oh, I was, was going to say, like, so to, to be specific here, like, the, the two things that have happened on the RSN front have been, um, um, was it Diamond so, Sports so Group? Diamond Sports that bought they, all, all of the Fox Sports uh, franchises once the whole Disney merger happened. Yeah, and which, them which, as Bally's. which ended up being, like, they basically bought at the top of the market. <laughs> um yeah like not probably not quite technically but like there was there was probably already a bit of a downward slope in terms of cable subscribers at that point but like the slope had wasn't steep enough to to quite see it yet so like but they kind mm-hmm. of bought they bought before like the bottom really started falling out of out of um cord cutting so that that's happened and now they're filing for bankruptcy and then you've got um the the warner um media sports stuff that you mentioned where they're they're basically just saying you know nope like we're we're out but that is just a different entirely different scale so uh diamond owns and again and i ah, never mind like we've already covered the the issues i have with the name valleys but um 19 so a diamond owns 19 regional sports networks whereas the warner brothers divestiture or kind of them just exiting that uh, segment is I think that only affects like three teams, so it's it's a different order of magnitude there. But yeah, that's yeah, that's going to be interesting. But but me. all I mean, but all together, um, you know these these two events are impacting forty different teams across the different leagues, which is which is um a lot. Like so, this this Wall Street Journal article, which we'll put in the notes as well you know calls out that you know diamond is the local broadcaster of about half the teams in major league baseball and the nba and about a third of nhl teams so so yeah i mean this is i mean this is huge and it's gonna happen like really really suddenly like the i think the wall street journal article also goes into this where like you know the nba and nhl regular seasons where you know, playoffs are mostly nationally broadcast, so it's really local rights are really kind of a regular season thing. And the, you know, those regular seasons are just about over. They both have like a month or so left. So you know, by the mm-hmm. time this stuff shakes out, like those those seasons will basically be over, and so they'll have kind of <laughs> the whole off season to kind of sort all this stuff out. But like, but conversely, right in time for opening day, but <laughs> like baseball is like starting you know, starting, you know, in a few weeks. And so this is going to impact the entire upcoming season. So like, I mean, there were, there were some more headlines today about how like major league baseball is going to have to basically like scramble to produce and distribute themselves, um, for any teams that, you know, fall out of this diamond thing. Yeah. I do like the quote here from, uh, Bob, is it Bob Manfred? Uh, who who has a lot of gall to say this? We've been really clear that if Diamond doesn't pay under every single one of those broadcast agreements, that creates a termination right, and our clubs will proceed to terminate those contracts. Spoken as a guy who has a lot of excess FTX money uh, for his umpire sponsorships to be able to say that. Like, I don't 
know where he necessarily comes off a position of power here because he the the number of people who want to buy those rights after the fact are seems probably fairly small so i and also mlb an industry or a, a sports league that is in rapid decline under uh, a, 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 a lot of headwinds what, what what would be the term i don't know like that feels like a level of cockiness that uh, that is uh un, undeserved i don't know there's kind of another interesting dynamic which I actually didn't didn't really know about until reading this Wall Street Journal article, which is that part of the conflict between Major League Baseball and Diamond as well is that Diamond actually, and this is this is a little this was a little counterintuitive, or at least I thought it was at first, where they actually want to buy more rights, so they actually want streaming rights as well which evidently in most cases they don't have like they they just own the rights to show games on like traditional broadcast tv in local markets but they don't have the right to then stream those games on any sort of like streaming network that they have and of course um bally's has a um streaming service which i i literally think is called something like bally's plus or something um because of course it Safe is bet. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Bally sports plus, you know, <laughs> that's what it's literally called. Um, but major league baseball is hesitant to give up those rights because they're thinking about wanting to distribute it themselves. Um, so and that's, that, do it and rip off the bandaid. Like, I mean, like just, well, but, the, but that's like, that's what's so, and then I, you know, there, there's been some other, um, headlines too, which I don't know if we're going to get into in a super, in, in super detail, but like, there's like the pack 12 rights. And there's like a couple of other things where these are all examples of where we're at this inflection point where, you know, the old model of, well, I mean, regional sports networks, notwithstanding, I suppose, but like the old model, especially for like the, the national TV rights, you know on you know traditional cable bundles like that model is still working like it's still profitable for now but it's it's rapidly becoming less profitable to the point where the model is going to kind of fall apart like it has with these regional sports networks but these companies also know that some sort of new like direct-to-consumer model where they're trying to charge you know 20 bucks a subscriber or something like that also probably isn't the answer and isn't ultimately going to net, you know, more revenue or even the same amount of revenue as, as the old model did. So then that kind of leaves everybody thinking like, well, then what do we do? Like we could try to, you know, milk the old model for like as long as we can, even though it's like literally falling apart beneath our feet, or we could try to do something new, even though we know that that's going to hopefully at least just in the short run, you know, net less revenue with the hopes of it you know churning off or you know turning around in the long run like it's it's very um it's a very interesting moment mm -hmm. but if you were a, is this even in here hold on do we have the youtube tv, uh, TV thing in here the the multi-stream thing no yeah okay well if you're a youtube tv subscriber and you're part of a limited beta you could watch four of these games not at once I don't know. Anyway, you have YouTube TV, right? I do. Yeah. Is this is this part of March Madness? Like one one of the key complaints. Uh, you'll 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 find the link and you'll throw it in there. But apparently, they're launching a limited trial where you can watch um, kind of like a 
we used to, this is kind of like the Sunday ticket idea where you were able to watch like a four up view of uh, related sporting events. And that's something they're trying, which is kind of a logical extension of what most sports fans want. And um, yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah. Apparently um, Fubo TV, which Jason Snell really likes and is more of like a sports focused um, uh, over the top service. Um, it has had this multi-view thing for, for a while. So yeah, I'd 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 like to I'd like to see this myself. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, oh, and then I actually don't have a lot of um, value to add to this one. But uh, so, uh, uh, so there's so the Pac-12 conference, which mostly only matters to people in the like in the Bay Area, but also uh, uh, UW and. Uh, UCLA are also in the Pac-12, or did UCLA leave? They're in the process of leaving. Okay, so it's gonna become the Pac-10 soon. I think they're trying to like get some other teams into the conference, so maybe they'll still be twelve overall, but it'll just be twelve different teams. I as so somebody who is very out of um out of the or or out out of the sports world, I do know that. Pac-12 includes Cal, uh, Colorado, Stanford, UW, and uh, does it have the Oregon Ducks? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think I named half of them. Uh, but apparently, like, so I, I don't understand why those are... Is that something that people care about nationally? But apparently the, the rights for that and possibly the entire Pac-12 network itself are for sale. And uh, that might be going to Apple TV or Amazon or some other streaming service. I I, I don't know. Again, as somebody who doesn't have like the same type of like college allegiances that uh, Jason Snell has, I can't imagine that being that interesting on a national level. Because like I know Disney and or, or the ESPN and therefore Disney has a majority stake in the SEC conference. And I think they also own, is it called the Bighorn, the Longhorn Network? They 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 have like middle of the country college rights. But yeah, I, I can't imagine ha- owning rights to the Pac-12 being that substantial or useful to Apple or any streamer. But I, maybe you know more about this than I do. You want to, I think, I mean, I think that's part of the Pac-12's problem is that they're they're not going to be able to kind of demand rights that or a level of rights that you really need a a bigger national audience to be able to justify like you know like the sec or one of the bigger conferences is able to do um i actually kind of think this story falls into something that I, i i've i've been saying for a long time now with sports rights which is kind of the way that I think this is probably going to shake out is that we're we're going to get like one more round of sports rights renewals where you're going to have these, you know, streaming companies who are looking to make a big splash and looking to grow their audience um way over, you know, pay for something. I mean, we we just saw this with YouTube TV and NFL Sunday Ticket. Like I they were going to see one more round of that. Um and and I I could see um Apple or maybe Amazon be drawn to to the Pac-12 and and overpay it 
overpay for it as they're looking to um, grow their kind of sports setup. So it kind of, you know, puts a bandaid on, on the problem for now, but, but kind of, you know, to mix metaphors here, kind of kicks the can down the road where when these rights are you know up for renewal again, however many number of years down the line, there's not going to be those same parties like, you know, Apple and Amazon who are looking to, to overpay because they're, you know, they're not just going to want to have these services be, you know, massive loss leaders forever. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, but I guess Apple and Amazon are also kind of that complicated case too, where they are kind of okay with those services being loss leaders, but, but you get still my point. like, but just like the majority of the country just won't care. Like, I, uh, yeah. Um, and what, what, what team or what, what, what's, uh, Tim Cook's alma mater or which is the, is it, which does he love Auburn? He's Auburn. What? Yeah. Okay. Which is in, Georgia? it's in the S- SEC, I think. But is it in Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, go me. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I don't know anything or have anything to add about the MLS thing related to Apple TV. Do you know uh, how to frame I, that story? It, it's a re- really good write-up of the Apple Major League's um, soccer deal, which evidently there really haven't been a lot of details that have come out um, for. I really, we'll put the whole article in the notes, obviously, but like the, the thing that I thought that was interesting is that it, it kind of broke the news that Apple apparently basically has like an out where they can effectively, it sounds like get out of the deal after any season, if certain subscriber numbers don't get hit, which is, which is really interesting. And I think speaks to like everything that we've heard about Apple, which is that they're only interested in rights where they just have complete and dominant control of of the rights and you know with, with major league soccer we've been thinking about that in terms of you know the fact that they are broadcasting every single game they're producing the games that's internationally available like they they kind of get to dictate everything in which the the way the games are presented but i think maybe what we're also seeing is that you know, they also really want like complete control over the contract terms as well, which is just, which is really interesting because this is very different than traditional sports rights where, you know, you hear of like four to seven year terms, I think generally. And, you know, maybe there's like an early out after like five or six years, but like, you know, it's, it's some longer term contract. So the fact that this is like a, year to year kind of thing it sounds like is is pretty interesting but it also feels like if you were a soccer fan that would just uh, seem like such like a like a shithead move to to as a company to just like a band like i don't i don't think that if apple were to abandon it early or exercise that right in the contract that that would uh ingratiate them with sports fans in general no and i i would imagine it would be a measure of last resort i i, I don't think apple in any way would want that to ultimately be the outcome. I just, I think it's, it's very interesting that Apple was even to even able to get that into the contract. Well, but and don't do not at me, uh, but also it's soccer. Like, I mean, like it's, it's a fourth, 
it's fifth actually fifth place uh major league sport in the united states like it it's the league with the least amount of bargaining power that's not out of line right no i think i think that's fair yeah all right you got anything else or chef specials i think it's time for chef specials yeah um i've got one that's gonna annoy you or at least it's just not going to be interesting to you but um it's the last of us the specifically the the hbo um adaptation of the 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 video game um so is it over yeah season one just concluded this past sunday only nine episodes which is which is a bummer um just just fantastic i mean the the video game is is 10 years old so like and the the story or the show was you know mostly faithful to the story of the game so it's not like anything i'm about to say is like not thoughts that people have had like for literally a decade and saying how great the story um was because that that's what the game was known for but it's i mean it's just such a good so show such a good adaptation um i mean the the thing i guess i could say to you is that yeah on paper it's like a post-apocalyptic zombie show but so it's it's nine episodes i think of the nine episodes like four or five episodes don't don't have any zombies in them at all and like okay can can, you send me and two of them i think have like one brief moment where there's like one zombie Okay, so can you send me some some network notes that tell me exactly which episodes I'm allowed to watch? <laughs> or be like, but that that like, but I mean that that seems like because I remember I remember like on social media I saw like everybody was like, oh yeah, episode three. This is like this is this doesn't feel like a this kind of show at all. It's just such a self contained perfect episode. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, sure that was... turns and and then it sure turns into The Walking Dead all over again the next episode. So, but I have a question for you. Mm. So there, so. From some people I follow on social media, apparently people are crushing all over the character of Joel. Like apparently he's yeah. like the, he he's like the millennial woman's like well, dad crush. Pe- Mr. There's a th- Pedro Pascal. He well, so do you know he know well, he's, the, he's also I do. he's yeah, also yeah, the yeah, man. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting okay. okay. Ah, he, all right. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Apparently, I know that he is the Mandalorian. Yes. So, what what is the deal with him, and why why are why are all why are several of the twenty nine to thirty six year old women on, in my social media network uh, super crushing on this guy? Because because what, he's, what he, he's he's the best. I he's mean, a good he, actor. He's or is he like some like like? He's really really good. Yeah, he's he's mm. he's awesome in both um the mandalorian and in he's especially good in the last of us because in the last of us you can actually like see him (laughs) which in the mandalorian you generally can um oh because he's in the little he's he's in like the toaster hat yeah yeah um Um, and you get in trouble for taking your helmet off but you gotta gotta watch the show to learn more about that um good um but yeah no the, the last of us is it 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 it's so good um yeah, I mean, yeah, episode three in particular was was fantastic. I, I actually thought all nine episodes were terrific. There really wasn't a weak link in there. Um, it has a very, very controversial ending, which I kind of knew a little bit about because, I mean, it's just kind of over 10 years of that game being out. It's hard not to have heard at least little bits and pieces of it, but seeing seeing all the details of it and seeing it play out on the show uh this past weekend like yeah i could see could see where people had some kind of mixed thoughts about that um 
yeah, it's just, it's so, so good. It was really, it was fun to, um, fun to have a show like that to like be really, really excited to watch each week as it came out. And then also be equally excited to just like read a bunch of recaps and stories about it the next morning. Like I haven't really, haven't really had that since like, um, Game of Thrones, which is then that's been a number of years now. So it was really, it was cool to, cool to have a show like that again. And, and from, you know, I, I haven't played the game, um, but from, you know, most people I've read who have both played the game and watched the show said that, you know, they, they really, they really did a, a, a solid job adapting the game. Like one thing that they did that was really interesting is they stayed mostly like faithful to the story of the game. Like they didn't make a bunch of major changes, but what they did was, dug into some stuff that's only kind of like hinted at or alluded to in the game and they kind of fleshed out the details of that like episode three which it sounds like you've heard about um like that that entire the the entire story of that episode is is sort of just like a kind of not throwaway but but kind of like i think it's like literally like a letter that you find in the game or something that that talks a bit about well, I won't go into too much detail, but like kind of the, the two people who are the central um, point of that episode. Um, but, you know, the, the, the actual the actual backstory of those characters was never like explicitly shown or anything in the game. Um, and then they, you know, in, built, did an entire episode around them. And there, there was there's a handful of other kind of examples of that where there's there's some, you know, quick line or like quick side collectible or something from the game that like hints at something that then the show you know does a deep dive on um yeah so good and you know the the game apparently is like you know pretty like combat heavy and stuff where you're like you know kind of fighting zombies like all the time and i think the show the show smartly de-emphasizes all of that because i think you mean you even you alluded to this like i mean you want to watch you know tons and tons of zombies fight people like there's there's many other shows and movies where you can go get that um and that's that's not that's not what this show um is about and i think they they smartly like i mean the game was also known for obviously being a very like character driven kind of story that that's more so about the people than it is about you know the zombies or kind of like the the apocalyptic setting that it's taking place in but the show really um as you're famous for saying really like kind of doubles down on that idea and like even further de-emphasizes the whole zombie part of it and really you know digs into and kind of further explores the 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 human stories that made the game really good so yeah that show that show is fantastic and i'm Super excited for um, season two, whenever the heck that comes out. Season one took forever to produce, so I think it's going to be a, be a little while for season two. Uh, the top tags uh, for the show on IMDb are not promising. Post-apocalypse, pandemic, violence, zombie. So... If you want, if you wanted to to uh, uh, think back uh, tomorrow and then uh, tell me which episodes to skip, maybe might give it a try. But no, you yeah. you got it. You kind of no. I mean, it, I'm no, I'm no, not no. going to recommend the show to you. You you wouldn't. I don't think you'd like it. But there we go. Um, All right. 
but it's, See, but, so it's much easier. but it's, but it, it's really good hours. and you, you don't like good tv we, we we've established that <laughs> uh i do like good tv and i at, mm. <laughs> as some as, speaking to somebody who has probably watched uh dozens of hours of something called the property brothers i take i take i take umbrage with that <laughs> um yeah anyway i so i was so curious that you bring up the last of us as your pick so i have uh two two quick movie picks but also media picks mm. uh, i don't generally don't watch a lot of movies but uh this weekend had some extra o- time. oscar oscar season uh, yes, except I don't care about the Oscars or awards season or or anything like that. Although I actually did, uh, I did uh, in the fall watch um, every what, what's it called? Everything, everything everywhere, everywhere all, at all at once. It, you you recommended yeah. that, right? You liked it? Yeah, no, it's a good movie. Okay, yeah, it's good. It's a good uh, family story. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is great in everything she's in. Um, but no, my two movie picks this week. So actually, I will. Uh, this goes back to three. This might have been the burrito season episode. Um, I'm going to make a pick, uh, called the menu. No. Yeah. Which I am going to recommend that you watch. No, I'm not. Cause gonna, it, I'm not going to watch that. No, no. But here's the thing. It's not, I assume the last of us is a million times more violent. So I, I, so I watched it after. So this was the second movie I watched. Um, we, 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 you we, should, we you should watch about it. this a little while ago. Yeah, no. And I was reading text descriptions of what the movie was about. No, so it's it's a good movie. You should watch it. As somebody who is uh, 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 tangentially plugged into the food scene and also lives in the Bay Area where you interact with uh, a lot of um, uh, people who... Uh, I feel like this movie would resonate with you. There's a, there's a level of... Uh, there's, a, there's a way in which people appro- approach dining in the Bay Area that's um, insufferable that, that makes this movie very satisfying to watch. So I was somebody who like I I watched it using like a very close attention to the 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 ten second skip button, and I I skipped two parts, and uh, honestly I don't I don't think I would say it's it's not a violent movie at all. Nah, I, so, I'm, I'm gonna no, no, I'm you, gonna you know, pass. Nope, 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 nope. Seriously, like it. It's what, a really what good the, movie. What were the two parts you skipped? Do you want me to tell you what happens? What does that even mean? Well, it, it's it's like uh, they, like, like they, I, I they wanted eat to... people, right? Hmm? They eat people, and then no, they, that's that, that's the big thing, right? No. Do you do you want me to? Sp- <laughs> I will tell you after the show what what the actual like. No, that that is not the case. And if I said that's what what it was, I, I was wrong. I thought when we talked, yeah, I thought when we talked about it before, you that that's what you said it was. No, the whole like, and I I should this is not a spoiler. The point of the movie is that the people who visit the restaurant will eventually die but no they don't like serve the people to they don't serve the diners to other guests like that is that is not a theme in the movie whatsoever uh okay well that 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 was that was what you told me it was about before no anyway so like no it's a very good movie i would strongly recommend people watch it including you uh even i enjoyed it and uh even the parts that i did end up like skipping like or fast forwarding through a tiny bit because i thought it'd be too violent actually ended up not being the case and i actually ended up rewinding to actually complete the movie but it's very good it's it's a good um critique and condemnation or kind of like the social commentary on one just kind of we're, we're all going through a moment of uh kind of like it's, it's kind of like succession like there's a lot of movies that are uh, addressing just kind of like terrible rich people and also uh, it's a good point about like should fine dining exist what is fine dining in its current form what 
just kind of the social media like there, it, there's so many good elements of it it's it's and it's a it's a fast movie it's it's like a tight hour and a half and it also has the actress i this is a show i have not watched called the queen's gambit and it, it has the the lead actress from that and she is the absolute delight so um yeah no strongly recommend that movie and then other movie that i watched that was very good is called tar um are you familiar with this one that was nominated wasn't it it was it it feels because i feel like you also sometimes when you're not watching um uh <laughs> um uh sci-fi stuff also maybe kind of align with my whole vertical of i like watching boring movies or like or like movies that appeal to people who are 40 to 62 and like have like prestige actors and like my 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 the, the movie I always rec- or like suggest as being emblematic of that is like the post, like this this is very <laughs> much a movie for that type of person. It is about a uh, very flawed uh, uh, orchestra conductor in uh, Germany and New York, and it it's a it's a very good movie. It's a very long movie. It's two hours and forty minutes, but it's a very good movie. It's not a, like it's it's one of those things where. It's a movie where not a ton happens, but um, yeah, would strongly recommend it. For you or for most people, I would say probably watch the menu first because it's a much lighter or like a, it just like it's a, it like it just it's much faster and you have to pay less attention to it. But uh, Tar is also a very good movie. 